Well, good morning and welcome to our morning worship as we settle down and prepare for worship on this uh, bank holiday, uh, May bank holiday. It's a lovely day. It's good to be together. Lots of people are away. One or two visitors here. It's good to meet together in the Lord's name and to rejoice in all his goodness. So, uh, we have our verse which takes us into the week. May we read it together. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. We will do that uh, in a moment and hopefully throughout the week we'll have a song in our heart and a step in our feet as we follow the Lord Jesus. Uh, do pray for us leaders. We are going to a conference tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, the leadership conference uh, hosted by uh, Holy Trinity Brompton. It's good to, for you to pray for us with that in mind. Um, good morning, everyone. Just get my order service so we know what we're doing. Um, this morning, we are going to look at the um, theme of peace. And uh, in order to kind of break the ice a bit, I thought it would be good if we had a little bit of participation from everyone here, if that's okay. Uh, No embarrassing picking on people or anything like that, but I would like some volunteers, um, firstly among the children. Do we have at least 15 children here? At least, I need at least 15 children. Okay, could the children please start looking around? There may be some large envelopes it's a C5, unless um, people like the lead stewards have cleared them up, thinking, what are those envelopes doing here? There's envelopes that look that size. It's a C5 size, if anyone wants to know the size. And it's a blank envelope. And if you can see them, could you bring them up? And when you've brought them, could you stay here? Great, thanks, Justin. Stay with Caroline. Caroline's uh, said that she will sort out the children, which is good. How many have we got so far? Okay. Don't open them yet. Don't open them yet. Oh, they can open them. You're right, I can open them. Open them, open them. <coughs> While the children are opening their envelope, can I ask whether there are certain images, themes, pictures, concepts that come into your head when you think about the word peace? Who can give me something as a starter that they think of when they think about peace? I've got my microphone here. Hands up. Yes, right, good. Thelma, I'm coming to you, thank you. A dove of peace. A dove of peace, thank you. Right, okay, next. Who's next? And did you have your hand up? Yes, I thought you did. I was going to say dove. You were going to say dove. Can you Just come back to me, I'd like to be on the beach. You'd like to be on the beach? Lovely, right, okay. Anyone else? Who could, right, right. Lying horizontal with my eyes closed. Oh my, lying horizontal with your eyes closed. Don't do that during my talk, will you, uh, Ray? That's my brother here, hi, Ty. Can you think of anything? Um, yeah, cream pastures and still waters. Green pastures and still waters, yeah. I, I said I wouldn't pick on anyone, but he's my little brother, so I can pick on him. I didn't even know he was going to be here. Anyone else got anything? Yes, John. A rowboat in the middle of a lake by myself. A rowboat in the middle of a lake by himself. This is great. Who else has... Right, Sal. I'm going to take two more if I can. 
not thou, sorry, I thought you were hugging. Hugging, good one, like it. Hugging. Right, Becky, can we have the pictures rolling so that um, people can get an idea of what we've got here? So that's a smiley world. That's a world with children holding hands with some good Christian symbols there. I think they're doves. Okay. Who can see what that is? That's a disarmament sign as well. What's the opposite of peace? War. Okay. That's a flower power disarmament sign. Candle. Peace is often associated with candles or vice versa. Okay. And the world. The whole of the world and all the flags. So you get the idea. Yeah. Unity, peace, joy, love, happiness, faith, hope, dance, laugh. Doves. Who said doves? Yes, we had doves. We had two doves. I've got no one on the beach. I've got no one in a rowboat. And I've got no one lying down with his eyes closed. And I've got no green pastures. Keep calm and give peace a chance. And there's these nuclear weapons. Little boy with a balloon in the world about to be popped. So that's quite graphic, isn't it? Peace, not war. Peace, not war, yeah. Uh, who said hugging? Hugging. Hugging. And the world. I think we've done quite well there. Good. Peace sign. Any more? Music, peace. They go on and on. There were 15. Did we have 15 eventually? Well, there'll be one somewhere else, but you've, you've seen it on the screen. The Prince of Peace and the Dove. That's the last one there. Okay. Thank you. That was good. Okay. Um, having just picked on my youngest brother, I also had to pick on someone else this morning. Alistair very kindly agreed to come in and uh, do the reading lastminute.com as we had no one to do the reading and it would be good to uh, have some voices other than ours. So Alistair is going to come and read to us. Thank you. I'm glad you said it. I would have shaved probably before I came this morning if I'd known. Fine, so we're going to read from the uh, book of John and chapter 14, and we're going to read right the way through. Uh, there are no long genealogies, of which I was pleased uh, when I said yes. So chapter 14, starting at verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me 
has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and will be, with, sorry, and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show him myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own, they belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm going back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. So we're going to um, move into a time of um, prayer in three different kind of ways now. And um, the first section is called Five Minutes Peace. The second section will be entitled Peace on Earth. And the third section will be Peace, Not Worry. And so um, Caroline's going to tell you a story. We all need 
a bit of peace and quiet. So if you're sitting comfortably, I'll begin. Five minutes peace. The children were having breakfast. This was not a pleasant sight. Mrs. Large took a tray from the cupboard. She set it with a teapot, a milk jug, her favourite cup and saucer, a plate of marmalade toast and a leftover cake from yesterday. She stuffed the morning paper in her pocket and sneaked off towards the door. Where are you going with that tray, Mum? asked Laura. To the bathroom, said Mrs. Large. Why? said the asked the other two children. Because I want five minutes peace from you lot, said Mrs. Large. That's why. Can we come? asked Lester as they trailed up the stairs behind her. No, said Mrs. Large, you can't. What shall we do then? asked Laura. You can play, said Mrs. Large, downstairs, by yourself, and keep an eye on the baby. I'm not a baby, muttered the little one. Mrs. Large ran a deep hot bath. She emptied half a bottle of bath foam into the water, plonked on her bath cap and got in. She poured herself a cup of tea and lay back with her eyes closed. It was heaven. Can I play you my tune? asked Lester. Mrs. Large opened one eye. Must you? she asked. I've been practicing, said Lester. You told me to. Can I, please, just for one minute? Go on then, sighed Mrs. Large. So Lester played. He played Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star three and a half times. In came Laura. Can I read you a page from my reading book, she asked. No, Laura. Go on, all of you, off downstairs. You let Lester play his tune, said Laura. I heard. You like him better than me. It's not fair. Oh, don't be silly, Laura, said Mrs. Large. Go on then, just one page. So Laura read. She read four and a half pages of Little Red Riding Hood. In came the little one with a trunk full of toys. For you, he beamed, flinging them all in the bath water. Thank you, dear, said Mrs. Large weakly. Can I see the cartoons in the paper? asked Laura. Can I have the cake? asked Lester. Can I get in with you? asked the little one. Mrs. Large groaned. In the end, they all got in. The little one was in such a hurry that he forgot to take off his pyjamas. Mrs. Large got out. She dried herself, put on her dressing gown and headed for the door. Where are you going now, Mum? asked Laura. To the kitchen, said Mrs. Large. Why? asked Lester. Because I want five minutes' peace 
from you lot, said Mrs. Large. That's why. And off she went downstairs where she had three minutes and 45 seconds of peace before they all came to join her. I think this is a wonderful book, obviously. But I was really struck how uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus understands our need for a few minutes peace and quiet. In Mark's Gospel, in chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. There's a great, um, that's very, very similar, isn't it, to the book I've just read. And you wonder whether Jesus had a moment of just a very teeny bit of frustration when the disciples came uh, looking for him. And you can hear that little bit of petulance, isn't there, in, in Peter's voice when he says, everyone is looking for you. He feels very put out that he's been left behind. Jesus understood and knew that he had need to get away from the busyness of the world, from his responsibilities, and he needed five minutes longer, perhaps, to pray, to be refreshed, so he could return to the job that he was uh, needing to do. So it carries on in verse 38, it says, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So in this first few minutes, we're going to pray, um, and I'll start um, with a prayer, and if you feel able to pray out loud, then please do. If not, please just pray silently. But we're going to think particularly of those people uh, who we know, or ourselves, when life is so busy that it's hard to find those five minutes peace in order to pray, in order to rest, to be ready to, to return to our responsibilities and uh, the people who need us most. And so I'm going to invite particularly the children. You can pray for your mums and dads. You can pray for all the work that they have to do, whether it's work in the house, whether it's work in their job, whether it's the work that means that everything runs smoothly. Okay, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for uh, parents who have young children. We pray for them. Um, we know the great needs that babies and young children have. They rely entirely on their parents. And we think particularly of those parents who are on their own for whatever reason, perhaps a partner who works away from home or a partner who isn't around. Lord, we do ask that you will give them strength to persevere and to continue loving and that you would offer them opportunities for peace, for recuperation and a chance to return renewed and refreshed to the responsibilities they have. In Jesus' name.
Amen. So, Father, we just bring all the prayers of our hearts and uh, we ask that you would continue to help us to pray for all those who we love and know uh, who need five minutes peace. Amen. So, moving to um, our theme of peace on earth, um, that cropped up um, quite significantly in the picture uh, exercise we did earlier on. And um, I read it on the internet, so it must be true. Um, and it probably won't be too surprising, but it's sort of quite shocking when you read that at any one time at the moment today, there are at least 10 conflicts across the world uh, in which more than a thousand people die a violent death a year. And there are another 30 conflicts across the world uh, in which uh, just less than 1,000 people will die every year of violent death and they're quite shocking really aren't they so if you um, can watch the next video now and um, prayerfully think about the world uh, often the world uh, comes with questioning and with, with painful um, imagery and um, sort of what's it all about and hopelessness doesn't it in terms of the, the, the theme of peace on earth and this is one of my favourite songs so um, forgive me if your music taste isn't the same as mine but um, it's a beautiful song um, written in fact just after um, a particularly shocking bombing incident in Northern Ireland uh, by one of my favourite bands U2 comes from an album which my youngest brother gave me as well which is my favourite album as well so it's great that he's here too so Enjoy the video, um, but also think prayerfully and um, pray during the video. I would encourage you to do and think about the world and peace on earth. So we've touched on two themes about peace. Um, we've had the need for peace and quiet, the desire for peace, not war. And we're going to turn our attention to now um, to peace, not worry. And John's going to take up these themes in a little while and speak in more depth. Uh, but before he does that, um, i just going to throw it back out to you again. What do you think are the things that people worry about most? Any common themes about of worry? Their children. Their children. children. Yes. Anything from the balcony? What do people worry about? Don't have to be personal. Health. Was that health? Yeah. Yep. Money. Money. Jobs. Yeah. Security. Security. We had a quick quick look on the internet, um, and we looked at the various sort of top ten, top twenty, top three. And uh, those themes all came up along with getting old, uh, our figure, our diet that we're on, um, and various concerns about obviously job and livelihood. So just to round up this section, we're going to pray for people who we know um, who need peace and not worry at this time. Um, it's only a brief, short period, this. We thought that 
if you wanted to, you could name in, in your heart or name out loud just a person that you are currently praying for because you know that they are going through difficult times. So um, I'm going to start and then at the end I'm going to read a few verses that uh, give us great hope. So I want to name a lady called Jane who needs peace, not worry. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And this is the best bit. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Hallelujah. Um, I was going to, um, I was kind of whispering to Caroline just before that that it was so, it's so peaceful and quiet today that, you know, however old or young you are, you're welcome to stay in. But, and Justin was asleep, so that was even, I don't know, I, anyway, let's not go there as to why he was asleep. Um, so I've got an outline for my short talk. I hope I will try and keep it to short, about 10 minutes if you're going to start wondering. Um, in four sections, three of which I want to be fairly quick with, and then the fourth I want to spend a little bit more time on. Um, peace as the world sees and understands it. We've been talking quite a lot about that this morning, haven't we? Um, why, the, why for the present um, there cannot be true and lasting peace on this earth? Um, what has God done about it? And uh, what's the plan, basically? And um, number four, can we have peace today? And if so, how? So, for the first section, um, peace as the world understands it. The world's view, common themes, protests against war, disarmament, um, rainbows and hippies, world peace, people holding hands, uh, people shaking hands, nations getting together, diplomacy, politicians getting together. Uh, Rob said just now, you know, what are we, what, what, you know, what hope is there for us if we, if we think we can sort it all out? Um, we know that that's really uh, not going to happen. Um, I gave you the somewhat shocking stats earlier on of the number of conflicts that there are going on in the world at any one time. Um, why? Why is this? Um, it's because God's laws have been broken. Um, God's commandments are um, boiled right down to two simple things. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbour. And um, we've broken both of them, haven't we? Um, mankind has effectively declared war on God. And um, the Bible is, 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 God's, is God's version of war and peace, isn't it? It's, it's, it's man um, rebelling against God, declaring war on God, and um, told through many, and in many different ways. And so, uh, in response to man's declaration of war on him, uh, what has God done? Well, he set out on a peace mission and uh, as Christians we believe that this reached its climax um, in the coming of the Lord Jesus um, we say that Jesus came and died 
at the hands of those who were still warring with God, he rose again and he defeated death. And for all those who believe in him, Jesus promises peace with God today, um, that he will return and that there will be everlasting life. So let's just reread parts of that John chapter again together. Um, I'm going to read the beginning of it and the end of it. So John 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And that's a recurring theme um, for today, I would say, is, is, is the hope and the promise of Jesus in those words. A solid promise that he will return. So, that brings us on to how can we really have peace today? And I just want to try and help by looking at a few practical things which I hope will be helpful to, to, to you all here. Um, in light of Jesus' promises of peace that he will return and that we can have life. It's all about your heart. You know, where is your heart established? Have you established your heart with Jesus, alongside Jesus, in Jesus, uh, so that you can receive his peace? It's so important because true peace doesn't mean just living without noise, without anxiety, without illness, uh, without violence, uh, without all sorts of trouble. For every single person here, there's different kind of trouble afflicting you. Some people are kind of okay at the moment and life's good. Some people are, they might say, in the depths of despair. Others may be somewhere in the middle. You know, you're sitting next to your husband or your wife. You're in a different place today. If you're sitting next to a brother or a sister, they're in a different place to how you are. There's a different story for every single person here. And um, so that true peace doesn't mean being without those things. Um, I suggest to you that true peace is about establishing your heart and establishing your heart with Jesus. Because the peace Jesus has left for us until he returns is a peace that settles upon us if we've accepted him and if we believe in him. And so when we first believe in him, and that he will one day return, that's true peace. So in order to see whether your heart's properly established, it's really having a look at how you cope when you are burdened and when you are afflicted and when you are troubled. And um, I'm going to give four reactions to affliction and trouble, three of which I would suggest are the wrong reactions that will lead you into all sorts of further trouble, and the fourth one, uh, being the, the right reaction. So the first reaction, you can fight the storm. I'm going to tough it out. I don't, I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I can battle through. It's not going to overcome me. It's all about me. It's all about I. Um, it's all going to be in your own strength and you're going to be alone in that. And that's um, something from which you might survive until the next time, but you'll be damaged, you'll be battered and bruised, you'll be bitter, you'll be angry. There'll all be that going on. So that's the fight. Uh, then there's the fright. You might take fright from your troubles and from your, 
your storm, you go into meltdown, it's all disaster. Um, you've no idea what to do. Uh, you just haven't got a clue and you're all over the place. There's flight. You might decide that actually the best thing to do is to quit. Quit from your troubles. Um, we see that a lot in the world, don't we? We see people quitting from things all too quickly when things get tough. Um, you can think of all sorts of different examples of the way in which people demonstrate that they are quitters from what goes on. The fourth way, which I would say is the right way, is that you can exercise faith. You can exercise faith by reference to God's love for you and all that he has done for you. Because here's the thing, you can't exercise any real control over what's happening around you, but you can exercise control as to what's going on inside you. And um, that's why we say we need to get to the heart of the matter because the heart is where it is. So hugely important we say that, don't we? Let's get to the heart of the matter. We get to the heart of what's really important. So I'm going to look at a short passage from another um, book of the Bible called James. Now James was a, a pastor. James it is fairly well accepted, I think, was one of Jesus' brothers. And James was a pastor of a big church in Jerusalem and they had a huge burden upon them. There were all sorts of problems going on to the extent that eventually the problems were so um, enormous that, in a worldly sense, I mean, that they actually ended up murdering James and uh, threw him off the top of the temple. And um, that's how bad it was for this church. Um, the pastor himself ended up being murdered. Um, and so, within the context of the trouble that this uh, church were undergoing, James says, under the heading in the Bible, Patience in Suffering, James chapter 5, verse 7, he says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and the spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. So if we're to establish our hearts and live by faith and not by sight, then that's the thing that we need to cling on to, that the Lord is coming back and that he is, uh, he is imminent and yet we have to be patient too. Because uh, it's almost the, the ultimate lesson in patience, isn't it? It's waiting for the Lord coming back. And who thinks about the second coming of the Lord? When do you think about, if you believe what I've just been talking about and you believe that Jesus is coming back one day, when is it that we most think about the Lord coming back. It's when we're in trouble, isn't it? And when we don't uh, really think we can cope anymore. And we look forward to that. Um, if life's really good, and it's good that we have good phases in life, good seasons of our life, when we feel that, 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 that life is good. Uh, and that's, that's the Lord's provision as well, that we can have good times too. You Maybe you almost get to the point where, well, you know, if the Lord comes back today, oh, I've got plans. You know, I may... Uh, I may not want him to come back today because I've got lots of lovely plans, but I'll leave that with you as to when you are in those dark times and those storms of life, think about the Lord's coming and um, how much more um, poignant that is. So, when we're in a storm, what about really practical things? Well, think about a storm, think about lightning and think about a lightning conductor. We know that a lightning conductor, they often have them on tall buildings, is a, is a, 
a thing that takes the lightning, I don't fully understand the physics, but whatever it is, but it takes the lightning down into the ground. And um, it, it's helpful for everybody here, and those of us particularly who are facing all sorts of trouble, to find yourself a lightning conductor in the middle of a storm. Now the Lord is our lightning conductor, but also you've got your Christian brothers and sisters around, you've got the church, and uh, search people out who can come and be your lightning conductor for you and stand alongside you and who can, you know, get takeaway in and listen to you and agree with everything you say for an hour while you sort things out. So, trusted Christian friends and brothers and sisters who all understand what's going on is, is a great way of grounding out your storms. And uh, pressure, pressure builds up, doesn't it? Pressure builds up with trouble afflicting you from every angle which one day is just going to explode. So you've got to find good releases from your troubles as well by um, finding things that you like uh, to do, finding the five minutes peace if you possibly can. Um, I, like, I like my chainsaw and I like going out and slicing wood and I love chopping wood and uh, won't surprise you to know that Caroline didn't buy me the chainsaw or my axe or my wood splitting mall but um, I had to buy those myself. But that's what makes me feel that I can have a pressure release from the times where I need to just go and um, find something. We all have our own things that we like to do that release the pressure and that release um, the burdens upon us from time to time that will bring us peace and uh, I hope that those are practically helpful things. So just as we finish, just imagine the following. And if you're thinking about Jesus and you haven't quite decided, think about it as to what I'm saying. If you're a believer already, think about these things. Know Jesus. Uh, no intervention by God to bring peace to this world. No resurrection. No justice. No healing. No forgiveness. No kingdom of God. I'll suggest to you that it's uh, that, that the only thing that's worse than going through all that we have to go through is to go through all of those things without the hope and the knowledge of those things. So will there ever be peace on earth? Um, no, not until Jesus returns. Um, no one knows where that, when that will be. If you've got a little chart up at home that you keep secretly and you look at every night plotting when Jesus is coming back, you're wrong. Um, Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. Um, so much of the New Testament talks almost as if it's, you know, it's tomorrow, it's imminent, and to the Lord it is tomorrow, it is imminent, but it's, um, it's a time and a place that we don't know about yet. But be sure, Jesus is coming back, and that's why we can have peace now. Not world peace, not worldly peace, but peace in our hearts. So I would just encourage everybody here, whether you're already a believer, whether you're not quite sure, whether you're still on the journey, um, look to the Saviour. Establish your heart. Establish your heart where he is. And, um, and know that he's coming back for you. And meanwhile, uh, take into your heart his promise, which is this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um, I have that for everybody here, I hope. I've done 120, I think. That, uh, Caroline's got them. And so do take that 
with you and take it away and um, keep it in your pocket, keep it in your Bible. I did uh, a little talk at Meadowcroft last week uh, and they had laminated ones because uh, there weren't so many of them. I'm afraid I haven't laminated yours, but you're welcome to laminate your own when you get home if you want to. Shall we pray? And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the Lord. We thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. You came on a rescue mission to save us and that even today we can have peace in our hearts because of who you are and what you've done. Lord, will you come to each one of us now and live in us and help us, Lord, to have inner peace, the peace of the Lord that the world will never be able to give us as we go out into this world into this week to live and to work to your praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, that's it. Um, Becky's going to put a slide up now which is all about um, the peace. If you look in the dictionary it says one of the definitions of the peace is um, a Christian greeting and I thought it would be helpful for you to see how things go in the Anglican Church which I used to belong to. Um, but anyway, let's um, offer each other a, a sign of a peace. If I say the peace of the Lord be with you, the response is and also with you, we'll offer each other a sign of a peace and then we'll disperse into coffee and chatting and whatever else. Okay? So may the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Amen.